Hello and welcome to another episode of the Sensibility Podcast. As you know, we're doing a special five-part series all leading up to the launch of the Money Mindset Coaching for Goals-Based Advice. So today we've got our second podcast in this series and we're talking about financial set points. So welcome again, Cara. Um, Financial set points, let's have a, a bit of a detailed chat about what that is first and foremost. Yeah, for sure. So um, within the work that we do, we really look at money mindset and the financial set point is one pillar that sits below our overall money mindset, our relationship with money, our money behaviours, how we feel about it, etc. So what it actually is, is everybody has this range where they feel comfortable. So this applies to income, it applies to cash in the bank, it applies to your net worth. And we we have a lower range, kind of a mid-range where we're most comfortable and an upper range. So I don't know if you've ever, you know, looked at a client's kind of history and you're like, oh, actually that's interesting. Their income hasn't really changed over the last couple of years their cash hasn't really changed either, nor has their net asset position. And I'm, I'm talking kind of significant changes, not, you know, ten dollars or $20,000 kind of here or there. Um, and the reason for that is this financial set point that we are conditioned and programmed to have. And this comes from our beliefs and thoughts and patterns around money. So let's take an example. Let's take cash in the bank, right? And this it's different for everybody. You know, it might be $2,000. And in actual fact, some people's set point is negative. So they're the clients that you see with credit card debt or personal loan debt. So then it all might be two grand or 10 grand or 20 or 50 grand, whatever it may be. Um, but let's take, say, 10 grand. And so the minimum might be, say, three or $4,000. They're really comfortable around, say, six or seven, and their maximum is 10. So what happens is once they start getting close to 10, it's like, oh, what can I buy? Where can I go? Oh, I really need to go and do that course or it'd be so good to have a holiday or, you know, let's go and buy that item that I hadn't thought about up till now. Um, And so because they're at their upper limit and they're uncomfortable subconsciously so they're not consciously aware that this is going on that they're at the upper limit and they can't go over it so they find ways to get rid of the money to take them back to where they're comfortable now the opposite happens at the lower end of the threshold right so they start to get you know they've been spending money and they start to get down to closer to the lower end of two or three k and they're like whoa, I'm not comfortable here. I need to I need to rein things in. I need to stop spending um, and you know rebuild those savings. So the reason why being aware of this is so important is in order to help your clients achieve their goals, in order to help them grow their net worth, we need to incrementally increase that financial set point. Mm-hmm. So I use cash as an example, but the same applies to you know, their income or their revenue in their business and their net worth until they feel comfortable and safe increasing that subconsciously, they're going to stay in this, in these parameters, in these, within these set points 
um, and constantly just um, move up and down within that range. So we need to help them increase the range. Well said. It's, it's like we said uh, in our last podcast, um, which is about to come out, that it's sort of our personal glass ceiling. It's our personal glass ceiling that we're sort of, we're not even aware that we've got. And this is where, you know, bringing it back to the last podcast, we talked about the flaws in fact fine. It's really, that's something that we can't pick up on just on the numbers um, presented to us in a document, a questionnaire document like that. It's really about then asking some really carefully thought out questions and having a deeper conversation with the client um, and sometimes because the questionnaire doesn't ask well, what did you earn last year and the year before uh, some do but most of them don't um, and you usually find that out when you're doing say an insurance income protection uh, application where you see oh last year you weren't that near before oh there's a bit of a pattern here you know especially if there's someone who's try- who's you know trying to forge their way in their career and climb their corporate ladder, so to speak. Um, this is a great uh, conversation to have around maybe um, where they are wanting to head in their goals as well um, and how much they really want to be earning, what's holding them back. So there's so many things that you can do to actually, um, you know, discover this without proving to like in a yeah invasive way, um, you know, talking about their, their goals around career perhaps. One of the other questions I ask um, is what's their safety net amount that they like to have in their savings account? Yeah. Because usually in, in any, you know, I, I find this a, a lot over the years, is usually when, as you pointed out, Cara, they get to that amount, say their safety net amount is, you know, 20000 or 30000 that's what they like to have in their bank account as their rainy day fund. And once they get over that, they that money sort of doesn't, grow any further it either gets you know they take it and put something towards their mortgage or they take it and they buy that you know upgrade the car or they take the holiday now not to dismiss those expenditure you know it's important to actually enjoy your money in fact that's actually something I encourage you want to enjoy your the you know the fruits of your labor but it's interesting to see that that amount just sort of never creeps further than that set yeah bigger that point yeah and some really great questions to ask your client is around okay what was the largest purchase that you've made over the last couple of years and how do you feel about it and you know how did you come to making that decision and so it really helps them explain to you and helps you learn what their what some of their thoughts and beliefs are around that. So, you know, some people might be like, oh, well, I just decided and I went and bought it and that was that. But other people may have been like, no, it was very considered. It was very planned. I specifically saved for it. It was, you know, well-researched. So all of these things are hints and um, ways that you can really understand your client on a deeper level um, and help them if they are having challenges in that area. 100%. And that's exactly where you'll start seeing these behaviours and patterns and whatnot in these conversations. So, I mean, I'm always jotting down um, in my notebook. I've, I basically have a library books like this um, and I do record all of my Zooms. I let the clients know that I record my Zooms because after the, um, the appointment, sometimes you kind of go, 
look, there was a nugget there, there was something there, and you can go back, you can then watch the body language. You can actually, you know, listen more and find little clues. Um, but often, you know, you've just said that, you know, if they've not actually done any research and they've bought something on a whim, okay, let's, um, you know, I've, that's actually a really great clue into potential further behaviours that could be something that maybe a little alarm bell for you to then further unpack. And it might not be in that session that you want to unpack that. You might, because it, this is, can be quite confronting, right? So an emotional, it, money and emotion sort of yep. live together. They, they really do. We, we, and you'll see that and, you'll, you know, as advisors we've seen that. We see that they come to you in certain trigger points in their lives even. So um, it's really important to be very... I guess consider it when you're asking these questions and and sort of tune in. Uh, it's hard when we're doing this by Zoom, um, but it is about just sort of sitting back and seeing how comfortable they are to open up and also being aware that sometimes they might kind of step back. But you will be able to start seeing these clues to what what what's going on. And we will be in the next um, episode, our next podcast, talking more into a deeper level on. Uh, financial pasts and not just numbers but the thoughts and patterns and everything but this is this is sort of where we start you know getting things like this sort of one pillar and there are other pillars we you know will bring to light in the course but this is a great pillar to sort of especially as a financial advisor yeah because you you have this information um especially if they've been a client for a while right you'll be able to actually sit down and look and say okay um and then have a conversation with them about what they think it is and why they think it's happening um because you know they'll have they might be able to provide you with some insights you know they may realize that this is going on but they just don't know what to do and how to overcome it um, so that's where you'll be able to step in and really guide them on that and help them with that. It's interesting when someone comes to us because they want to build their wealth. I mean, that's usually one of the motivating factors to see a financial advisor, to build your wealth, to ensure that you've got financial stability and financial independence and know that everything's going to be okay and tick those boxes along the way. But it's we've got these blocks, we've got these, you know, these invisible glass ceilings, these financial set points. And when you're having these conversations and you're going, and especially when you actually um, bring, shed light on that, they're going, I, I, I want, I really do want to have that kind of money. I really do want to earn that money. And it's like, hang on a minute, what are you telling me that I'm stopping myself from, you know, the whole defensive Okay. It can come into it. So you've got to be aware of how we then explain. That's absolutely fine. Of course we want, everyone wants financial security. Everyone wants, you know, the, the, the long-term wealth and growth. Um, I mean, it's like the whole, and we can use this example, the million, you know, the millionaires overnight success stories because they won the lottery, but then in three years' time they broke his bones. Yeah. It's like, why, why is, that? is that? What's the phenomenon behind that? Absolutely. And it, it comes back to their programming and their conditioning around having money and, and what money means to them. And, and they're, they're not neutral about it. it. It makes them feel on a subconscious level uncomfortable or, um, you know, there's something going on, which is why they just get rid of it, right? So this is the, the other thing is it's like, how to help your clients increase either their earnings or their revenue, but then hold on to it 
because we all know it's not about how much money that you make. It's about what you do with the money that you do have. So, you know, a, a few years back when I was still planning, you know, I'd, I'd have clients who, who were on relatively low incomes, you know, um, under fifty, sixty thousand $60,000 a year, but they had, they had, um, super, they had, you know, reasonable amounts in superannuation. They had other investments and it was around their habits and their behaviors um, and how they manage the money that they did have. Because if they can't, if you can't manage the money that you currently have, you're not going to be able to manage more money or even more money, um, which we've all seen, you know, the whole get a pay rise, get a pay rise, and then the expenses and the cost of living, just the lifestyle increases with it. And and sure, you know, it's not about not having anything that you want, absolutely not, but it's about having the right, um, the right flow, you know, and, and prioritizing pleasure as well as, you know, future goals, short, medium, and long-term into that plan and getting, clients comfortable doing that wherever they are right now. Yeah, 100%. I mean, I think as advisors who are listening, probably are ticking over and going, well, hang on a minute, I've got clients where they're an EX amount and I've gone through a cash, you know, a sort of a, a budgeting system or cash flow, I call it cash flow because it's more of a positive sound to the budget, which sounds restrictive, but they can create this plan. And then the plan has a savings plan as they, you know, as their income increases, that's got to increase. And we can we can actually map all this out on a great spreadsheet and create an awesome strategy. And I've done that and I really get excited when I do this and show the client. Yeah. I'm really excited. Oh, wow, I'm going to have that much money. And then, you know, as we discussed in our last podcast, then, you know, you come back to review and nothing's sort of really going the way you think they're going. And that's really what it comes down to. This financial set point is actually stopping them. And as you've pointed out, you've got, you've had clients with the lower income but still have all these great tools and habits that they're being able to invest and able to grow their wealth. And then, if I, I mean, I've got clients I'm just thinking of right now that are earning incredible amounts of money and I had to really work on these exact issues, these behaviours, because the, high, the more they're earning, the more they're spending, the more money slipping through their fingers. They, what I sort of yeah. in my use, they're bleeding money. It's just going. The money and leak. It's a massive money leak. And they're frustrated because they're like, you know, we've worked so hard to get here and they've got nothing to show for it. Um, and it's got nothing to do with the poor advice you're giving because the advice you're giving is probably amazing. It's probably going to set them up for the rest of their lives if they followed it. But why they're not following it is because of the underlying issues of psychology behind it, the, their pasts, their patterns, their beliefs. Sometimes the beliefs are so ingrained that subconscious and it's stopping them and holding them back. And so our job is to really sort of weed all that crap out so to speak to figure out what's going on to fig- to help the client figure that out and and bring awareness to it because awareness you know if we're not aware that something's going on subconsciously then there's no way that we can change it or so it's really to shine a light on that and then support them in changing that and this is what we go into in detail in the course is how do you help them do that? How do you guide them through that process? When to do it within your 
financial planning process, um, which Amy will obviously be able to really support you guys very well with. And then, you know, how to ultimately help them get really, really crystal clear on what it is they actually want and then follow the plan you know, this amazing financial plan that you've put in place that can get them there because you've helped them clear all the blocks and all the stuff getting in their way. Um, And all of a sudden they're super excited and actually following the plan. And it's, you know, a win-win situation for everybody because you have far more enjoyment, you know, serving and helping a client that's actually getting closer to their goals. And, you know, they're excited about actually moving forward and getting closer to their goals as well, rather than this, you know, constant every single year, setting the same goal and not really uh, moving forward. Yeah, and that's incredibly frustrating for everybody involved. Um, and sort of, I've, you know, I've written about this in the past. I came into this whole t- line of work because I was feeling like I was failing as an advisor. I was failing my clients in some respects. But then, you know, when I started doing this work myself, I've actually come across all of my patterns and I keep going back. We were talking about stuff offline, you know, the last 12 months where this has been an incredibly challenging year and then, you know, because of businesses that we've had that we started just before COVID, I've kind of questioned this. I question these behaviours and patterns. I go, well, that actually crept up not just because of COVID, that's just a circumstance, but this crept up for me personally about five years ago what's what's really going on here and it's sort of start, I'm starting to see this in myself which is fantastic because I'm sort of bringing my husband into it and going well this is what we're going to have to do so they've got so I've got the, some practical stuff but to get that awareness as I brought up before there does need to be a bit of unpacking and some of this will bring up some emotional stuff and some of this will bring up some trauma so this isn't an easy ride for um, for your client often. It's not an easy ride for you sometimes where you've just got to step back and be there and hold that space um, or, you know, you might use a different word than space, but that's sort of term that I've sort of learned over the couple of years. Um, but it's just about being present and considerate yeah. and, and really having some, you know, engaging in those really soft skills and going, um, you know, having that empathy because yeah. everybody's, Backstory um, is, uh, you know, sorry, I'm a bit of a Star Wars and Marvel freak, so that's um, every, everything's got a backstory when you've got comics <laughs> or if you're in Star Wars. So your backstory is sort of the stuff that we're talking about, you know, your past, your history, the, the things that actually have have sort of been planted in us, into our minds that actually are stopping us moving forward. So we've got to really weed all of that out and recognise that. That means that sometimes you're going to be seeing a bit of a bit of a roller coaster journey along, along the way. But what this will do as uh, through the advice process is actually bond you for, uh, with your client in a deeper, um, more sincere, sort of considerate way that some dollars and cents won't ever sort of just fix. So this is this is where the foundation of the long-term and ongoing relationship really gets started is when you actually are talking about the really detailed stuff and the stuff that has rocked them, shaken them and made them who they are, but also, and we will go into that much more next week, um, but there's also that whole process of actually really unpacking what's important to them, the values um, because they come to you often with the idea 
and we spoke very much about this last week, is the idea of what, um, you know, they think they want, you know, and that is sometimes really, really generalised, you know, the financial plan, I want financial independence, but what is deeply motivating them? I I want more money. I mean, how much more money? What do you want it for? You know, what's the feeling that you're trying to, gain or have from that is it independence is it freedom and then actually defining that or is it safety um and just to pick up on a point um that you just mentioned there amy as well as around you only have to go as deep as you're comfortable with your client right so there may be times when it's out of your ring and that is where you know we absolutely have the option to refer out you know whether that to to other specialists that are a specialist in those fields so um don't ever feel that you you have to go there with them and in fact that the right thing to do is to refer out in those situations yeah 100 percent. i have come across cases where yeah you do need to refer sometimes it, for me it's more of a holistic uh, referral so somewhere like someone like a kinesiologist or a hypnotherapist and things like that but then there's sometimes where there's trauma and um, deep-seated childhood trauma you you want to make sure that they're getting um, the right treatment and they may need psychologist even so that that's when you go you need to go see a GP and get a you know but it's it you're still there and it's important that we refer. Like we refer to a mortgage broker and, we, you know, have a referral with accountants and, you know, and estate planners or solicitors. This is just sort of branching it a little bit wider and um, I tell you not, I kid you not, when that happens with my clients, um, they come back and they go, oh, my gosh, this has happened. Because I do ask, how did you go? I want to make sure that they actually are following up and doing the right thing and looking after themselves. Um, and, it, you know, it's quite amazing. And oh, I've been dying to tell you this. So I've been, you, know, you were so right. I didn't even realise this was going on. And then you don't have to do all that heavy lifting because you're not a psychologist. Someone else is doing that heavy lifting, but they come back with some answers and then you've got more information that's handed to you because they've had a great session and they've gone, oh, that's where Amy was going with this. I get it now. So, okay, we've talked about this and this and this and she suggested that or he suggested this and I'm like, ah, now I'm starting to see a bigger picture here. Now now I've got some tools we can work with to deal with that. So that's sort of the outcome. And Cara, have you had those kind of examples, the situations? Yeah, absolutely. Where it's just, you know, beyond beyond what we can actually help them with. And that's okay. That's totally fine for them. Um, it, it happens in a number of different professions. So yeah, absolutely. So our goal, our our job here is to sort of discover it is a discovery process the discovery session for me I call it you know the first meeting it's usually about the client and I discovering whether we want to work together but this for me the discovery session process is actually you know several appointments in usually about four to six appointments into it it's not just the one time of getting this information through a fact find so the discovery process does take time and then when they come back after they've said you know seen um whomever you've referred them to see um can actually give you great nuggets and then you can work on them going right let's get to the work now let's get to the fun part let's actually see some transformation yeah, and, and your review time is probably a great time to ask these questions to your existing clients because, you know, if 
if they haven't progressed with the plan or they're not as far ahead as, you know, you had anticipated, ask them why and start to dig deeper and ask these questions. Um, and it will, it will give you far more information to be able to help them with that. Yeah. Something I want to bring up, I don't always do this kind of work with every client. You do have to, there are going to be clients coming to you as a financial advisor who go, pre-retirees are about to get a redundancy, I need this done, da, 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 da. and then and, you, know, you can look through, have conversations. I still have more of a deeper um, conversation than just the, the fact finds. So this, this, these tools I yeah. still kind of tweak them into that process. So, um, but there are going to be times where you've got to use just to, you know, be discerning around that and go, right, I know I'm not going to crack this. You know, I know that this client yeah. really is going to just want this. But as they get to know you, you can start introducing more of this work into it. But then other clients, you just go straight into it and go, this is, this is the work we're doing. Um, so I, I'm, sort of sharing this more of a disclaimer. Not every single client is going to come, is going to be open to this work. And and we've got, you know, there is, I'm okay with that because I go, I've got everything sort of set in different packages, okay? So, and that's something that I will, we will talk into, you know, cover in as a module um, in the course. But I just wanted to bring that to light. But this, just even um, from this podcast, I hope that we're giving you some, you know, something that you can go back to in your practice and go, okay, um, I'm going to ask a bit more or actually let's, let's just play with this. What is my client's financial set point? Maybe we can sort of scratch a bit of the surface here and understand what sort of where their limitations are and see if we can break some boundaries. And that's, that's a fantastic start. And a great place to start is always with yourself. So maybe sit down and figure out what you think your financial set point is um, if you're listening to this podcast. So it may be enlightening for you. It has been, I'm just going to share this for myself, as it's an ongoing process for me as soon as I get to something, um, a financial, a new financial set point has come through. Um, So as I grow, and as I grow my wealth and my growth, my business and things, you know, I remember many years ago when I first started this business, I wanted an X amount of money. And then I got stuck there for about three years, that that amount, because subconsciously I said, that's what I wanted, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm going the universe, I want more, I want more, I want more. But I've already set that point and it wasn't, I was blocking it. I wasn't going to get further than that. So, you know, yeah. there is, this is ever, you know, this is constant work. Totally. And I was having a conversation actually with some friends the other day about um, like when I left university and it was like, all I wanted was to earn like $50,000 a year. This was a a while ago, obviously. Um, And it's so interesting how things change over time. And, And like you were saying though, Amy, then subconsciously it's like, well, you said that's all you ever wanted. You've got that now. Um, and it, it's around, you know, and, and obviously there's been some increases since then, but to really significantly increase that, we need to look at what's going on in the background and be like, hey, um, it's not serving me anymore. It's time to think and believe differently around this. Yeah. 
which is um, this is where the miracle of this work starts. And I think as advisors, we want to see our clients thrive. I mean, it's a, a business sort of model that only exists if our clients thrive, right? So by doing this and, you know, digging a little deeper and then doing it for ourselves, and I love that you suggested that, we all go away and do some work on ourselves and go, what yeah. is that? What is my financial set point? And look at what you did last year and the year before. I mean, you know, our tax returns are a great um, way of showing it. Our debt um, if you've got a credit card debt that just doesn't seem to go away, it's always at the same amount. Maybe it's $2,000 and it's just constantly there. You clear it, then it's $2,000 again. Why is that happening? We've all had clients like that. We've, you know, put the strategy in place to clear the debt and then six, 12 months later it's back where it was and it's like, why is that? And it's because their set point is negative. Mm-hmm. And that's okay, right? It's That's where they're at. And that's the starting point. So it's not about obviously shaming anybody or anything like that. It's really non-judgmental. But that awareness is what's actually going to help them move forward. Yeah. Um, I would be just putting another disclaimer here and being very careful if you say that it is okay, that's where they're at. You might find clients um, you know, constantly in a, a sort of negative place and their net wealth is sort of almost negative their assets aren't growing and it's not about saying that they're doing it wrong or um, that this is, you know, that there's something wrong going on in their subconscious that's keeping them there. What we've got to do is go, okay, so how long have we been here for? And it does this worry you. Okay, what do we need to do to then get you from here to here? Now, what are you going to commit? Now, so I do ensure that there's accountability and that there's a commitment from my clients. So it's okay. What are you prepared to commit? Now, would you be prepared and open to do some more deeper work in regards to what's going on subconsciously so that we can get you through and past this? If, if you're recognising that this is a long thing and asking them, you know, being mindful and so that it's not thinking, shit, something's wrong with me. Oh, my God. Because guess what? If they're going to be, there's certain personality types, they're going to be someone who actually is um, taking a long, conjured a lot of, um, a lot to get to you to even ask for help. They're probably going to run and put their head in the sand and hide. So you don't want to do that. You don't want to scare them off. So you just got to be very careful with how you um how you approach the subject and um, it's gentle gentle it's like let's just dip our foot in the water is it warm enough okay let's put your other foot in the water how are you feeling now are, are you comfortable are you comfortable if I keep asking these questions and just constantly be there and um, gauge through that process yeah and that kind of we are going to do a different podcast on the neuroscience around the subconscious mind um, but I will just add you know, to to add to that point, Amy, is our subconscious mind's responsibility is to keep us safe. Yeah. And it's that fight or flight response. So it's around reprogramming that so it feels safe, so it feels normal and comfortable to not have debt because for those particular people, that's uncomfortable for them which is why they're in this pattern and this cycle. Yeah, yeah. It does sound a bit crazy that they're, they're, they're safe being uncomfortable, but that's what they're used to and what they know. Yeah. And it's not something that they 
always like. It's like someone who constantly tracks abusive relationships. They don't go into the next relationship to go and get abused. But it is a pattern and it's something that um, until they work out what's going on to break that pattern, it's the same thing. So, we're, you know, that's the subconscious work and it's pretty amazing, quite powerful. And it's all science back, which is, you know, what I love. And I, I know that advisors love um, facts and figures and yeah. um, details. So, like, you know, scientific information and research, which is really good. Um, so we will actually, there is, it, it isn't woo-woo when we talk about, you know, the subconscious and, and then putting it out of the universe. I'm using that as an example, but we all go into that deeper and it makes all so much more sense um, as you, as sort of we unpack all of this information. But I guess the starting point, and I love how you pointed out this, you know, suggested this, car is go away and have a look at your own financial situation. Have a look at your earning patterns. Have a look at your um, debt patterns. And just spending patterns. And don't just look at this last 12 months. Um, it's really hard to actually, especially in COVID, there's circumstances and whatnot. Yeah. I put that down as an excuse last year. And then I had to really think about it. And I actually went all the way back, you know, for many years because, I, you know, this is my second marriage. So, I was, you know, I can't just say it was because of this relationship. I had to look at the past relationships. I had to look at the things I put myself through as a single person and further on. So it, it is quite um, an explorative sort of process, which is quite, quite fun. It is. It is definitely. So we dig so much deeper into this topic and many other topics in the Money Mindset Coaching for Goals-Based Advice course. If you haven't already checked out the link um, and the pre-registration, we will pop that in the show notes. Um, but yeah, it's, it's um, an incredible process and something that can add a lot of value to your relationship with your clients. Um, so, yeah, if you haven't already checked it out, check it out. The link will be below. And also, if you like what you're hearing, please do share with your fellow advisors or people who work in the financial service industry. Um, you know, sharing is caring. It's spreading the love, which we really appreciate. Um, I'm going to sleep. We both are actually going to start sort of talking more about this in um, social circles like LinkedIn um, because, I mean, we're both incredibly passionate about this work, but I actually am passionate about financial advice, you know, and so is Cara. Both of us have had, that, you know, the background here. I believe every Australian deserves quality advice and I think this certainly enhances that more so than ever, which is why we are doing this work, why we've joined up joint forces to do this work. Um, so, yeah, I, please do share if you do like what we're talking about and don't hesitate to reach out to either of us if you have any further questions. Thank you so much. Thank you, Cara, for your time today. Thank you for listeners. Thank you for the love. Thanks for joining you. us. Um, yeah, thank you. You've gotten value out of this and have some key takeaway points and some action items for yourself as well. Absolutely. And enjoy looking at your money history. <laughs> yeah, it's fun. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Bye.